Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewind our favorite childhood movies and reconsider them. I'm your host, Mia Fagan. I am joined by my lovely husband and co-host, Harrison Fagan. How are you doing today, Harrison Fagan? I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm actually, honestly, uh, like that's one of the first times I've ever heard you introduce yourself using my last name out loud. And, you know, it's it's kind of nice. It's good to be back. It's a nice start to the podcast. Yeah, um, we've been gone for pretty long time but you know we're back now and we're excited to show you guys some of our favorite childhood movies uh speaking of what movie have you brought us today mrs doubtfire ah okay do you know the the year of it no i think 90s 80s. so you didn't do any research for this i'm supposed to do you're supposed to do research I, i've never my seen childhood movie i'm going off memory you're going off research that's, i've that's never whole, seen this movie have you listened to this podcast before i guess not <laughs> um, so what do you remember about Mrs. Doubtfire? Okay, so I was trying to think earlier today. Oh, so you best... did do research. No, I, I did thinking. And I, I did brainstorming. <laughs> and I was trying to think of the best way to describe this movie to you. And what I settled on was it, it's sort of like if Robin Williams was in a Medea movie, but it was supposed to be heartwarming and like not like a parody and insane. Are you saying that the Medea movies are not heartwarming to you? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that, like, this is a little bit more supposed what? to be, like, serious and not a satire of, like, it's a little outlandish. You don't think Medea's, Medea's movies are serious? No, they're a satire. There's some serious parts in it. I mean, I think in the early ones, yeah, based on, you know, what I've heard. But, yeah, the one that we watched, Boo 2, a Medea Halloween no, we watched the first one. Oh, it was the first, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it, it's basically like if Robin Williams was Medea and also like maybe committed more crimes. When did you watch this movie? Like, did you watch it in theaters or did you? No, as a child. Okay. VHS? At home. Yeah, I'm assuming VHS. I don't mm. think DVD existed yet. <laughs> uh, who introduced this movie to you? This is honestly a really good question. I do not remember at all. Is it one of those movies? Because I have some of those kid movies too where I'm like, I don't remember the first time I watched it. I don't know who showed it to me, but it's just always been there. I want to say my great aunt, but I also don't want to blame her if it's not her fault. So <laughs> uh, so what do you remember about the movie? I remember thinking that this was one of the funniest movies I had ever seen. Why? Like, because it's like, it's Robin Williams. He's pretending to be a girl. There's like jokes about a guy in a dress. Like as a child... I thought that this was the funniest thing in the world. As an adult, I'm very curious to go back and see how I feel about it. So you don't think it will hold up? I think that there will be parts that will hold up, but I also think that there are parts that we're going to cringe at. Yeah, you just said jokes about a guy in a dress. So I mean, the I'm whole not... movie is a joke about a guy in a dress. Oof. The whole movie is like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if Robin Williams pretended to be a woman? <laughs> oh, wasn't... Okay, wait, hold on. Wasn't the girl from Matilda in this movie? Yes, she plays one of his children. Okay. Yeah. I remember that part. You've seen it? No, I remember seeing, like, the cover. Ads for it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the girl from Matilda, the movie that I actually watched. If I remember correctly, she plays one of his children, but it has been a long time, actually. <laughs> okay, so we will see if this... Caper. I'm not super optimistic that we're going to come back from the break and be like, oh, you know what? Honestly, that was a thoughtful, you know, like family comedy that definitely holds Shows up representation yeah. for men in dresses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see how Maybe it goes. we'll surprise us. All right. We'll be right back. All right. And we 
are back. We just watched Mrs. Doubtfire, and Mia is going to give us our 60-second summary of the movie. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. All right, go for it. You're not going to time me? I'm pulling it up right now because I should have done this before. All right, so we start off with a couple, and they have three kids, and the dad is trying to be the fun dad, and so the mom gets mad, and she's all like, I don't, I want a divorce, and, the, and then they go to court, and they're like, okay, because the dad doesn't have a job or a place to live right now, you can only see the kids for one day a week, and then he's like, that's ridiculous, and they're like, well, get your shit together, and then the mom's like, well, I have stuff to do, but I have a busy career because I'm a career woman, I need a nanny, so she's like, I'm going to put in an ad for a nanny to clean the house and watch the kids, and then the dad's all like, Haha, yes, I will be that nanny, but I will be in disguise. So then that whole thing, he gets closer to his kids, he learns responsibility, and then the mom, the kids find out that it's the dad, and then the mom finds out it's the dad, and then they realize that the dad has his shit together, and that he should see his kids, and um, the end. Okay, I mean, you made it in under, you missed a couple, like, key points of the movie. Um, I mean, that's the basis of it. Yeah. It's a pretty simple movie. Yeah, you mostly got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll get into the details, but, um... I, this is my first time pretty much watching it, and I was actually quite surprised on how touching it was. There were some moments where it was a little outdated, but overall, it was a pretty tasteful, touching movie. No, so it's funny, like, as we were recording the intro, and I was telling you about the premise of this movie, I think both of us were kind of like, oh, yeah, actually, in 2020, this may not hold up the best, and like, yeah, like you mentioned, there are parts that don't really work anymore but i actually think that overall the movie was like very sweet and touching and mostly non-judgmental and like just kind of like it was the joke was not as much as i remember like the joke was not that he was dressing up as a woman like the joke were the situations that arise out of that he has him to two people pretending to be in this other identity that yeah. he is not and trying to hide it from people i think that's mostly the joke yeah yeah but um yeah. But, like, for the most part, the gag was almost never, like, hey, here's Robin Williams in a dress. And even when it was, it was kind of, like, you know, I thought it was m- mostly tastefully done. Yeah, there were some parts, I think, like, um, I don't know. Maybe, like, when he the was The only getting... scene that it, where, the, the only two jokes that I can think of where it was kind of like, like, oh, like, haha, it's this guy, like, it, dressed up as a woman, were when the person tries to mug him and he says in Robin Williams' voice, he's like, hey, back off! Like, and scares the guy away. And then there are a couple times when he's changing somewhere, coming out of a bathroom that he went into either as a man or a woman and was coming out as the other gender and surprised someone else that was in the bathroom. Yeah, Uh, but I'm actually surprised nobody, like, made a big deal about it. They're like... Yeah, there's never, like, a scene where somebody's, like, screaming at him and, like, trying to have him thrown out of a restaurant. Um, so yeah, I think the Robin Williams, I think this movie really showcases a lot of his improv and his, um his voices and all the stuff he does. I was, yeah. So if we're getting into good things, I do think that that was one of the more fun parts of it was just it basically his character was like a less successful Robin Williams. And so he just basically got to do his thing. Yeah. Like just, he got to unleash all kinds of different impressions under all kinds of different circumstances. You can tell that a lot of this is improv. Yes. What I was going to get to is that the director, Chris Columbus, who also did Home Alone. And Discovered America, I believe. No, <laughs> he did Home Alone, and because of Home Alone's success, he was able to do uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yes, he also did The Goonies, but like he wasn't really well known as a director then. But Home Alone I is someone... Steven Spielberg directed The Goonies. No, Chris Columbus did. Oh, I think Steven Spielberg like 
he produced it. Oh, okay. Um, so he. Wow, then we've watched a lot of this guy's filmography without yeah. realizing it. This is, I guess, a Chris Columbus podcast. Uh, well, because he's done a lot of kids, like a lot of like childhood movies, like in the nineties and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, so basically, Robin Williams had just a run of the movie. They just let the cameras roll, and they took so many different cuts of him because he would just improv and like nobody knew where it was going. So it was funny because Chris Columbus set up the cameras like a documentary style. So there's at least three cameras on him at all times and whatever he was doing, like the camera would catch it. So, and it was funny because they had different cuts. So they had like a G rated cut, a PG, PG 13 rated R and NC 17 because Robin Williams also did a lot of crude jokes that would not make it (laughs) into a kid's movie. Wow, I did not realize that there was that. I mean, I guess, you know, like he was probably trying to make people laugh on set, keep it light. Like, I, I probably did not was. intend to actually yeah. have those used in yeah. the movie. Uh, like, you, like, one would assume, given that he was making a children's movie. Like, um, the one thing I found uh, that was funny was the. I know this is just. This is going to be all over the place, but I found this really funny. This really shows how, like, Robin Williams wanted to make people laugh was that there's a scene where Pierce Brosnan, who is the mom's kind of boyfriend potential love interest yeah yes he is choking on something and robin williams and mrs doubtfire is like doing the heimlich maneuver and the entire time he was making really really lewd um like really like crude jokes about him like you know like doing the heimlich maneuver on pierce brosnan and then he couldn't get through the scene because he kept pierce brosnan kept laughing (laughs) (laughs) but i think that really shows like he is really good at improving and like knows what audience he is catering to. Uh, I I did think that some of the scenes like it was one of these things where like I would I wish that they would have cut a little more. I did feel like some of the improv bits went on a little too long, but they're like, well, we have this Robin Williams impression. I mean, that's like, what you're gonna. To use that's it. what you expect from him, you know? Yeah, I guess. But- I, I don't know. I felt like some of them went on a little long, like the scene with where he is meeting with his court appointed observer liaison. for the first li- liaison or whatever yeah. for the first time. I felt like there were like a few too many impressions in there. That yeah, they just let, like that scene dragged a little. I but- feel like that that if it was all together. They're like, I think it would be like an hour of him just, that's probably what they had to cut from, you know? Yeah, I, I did think that it, I thought that you raised an interesting point while we were watching the movie was that like the most unrealistic part of this movie is that there are like all these people who don't find anything that he's doing funny. Like they're not the least bit amused. Yeah, no, no one is. But I feel like. Until <laughs> crucially, like the one guy that works at this TV film production studio where he's basically like working as a, uh, like not a janitor, a shipper, like a maintenance per basically like just packing up reels of movies and, and sending them out them yeah. and shipping them out. And the, the one person who finds him funny is the guy who's like in charge of casting at that studio yeah yeah he was the only one and then that's how he got a job like the only person in the entire mrs doubtfire universe that finds robin williams funny i think his kids find him yeah his kids think he's funny but i mean they're kids i'm sure but i think that was the problem in this movie is that his ex-wife was a very serious person she was the one that always had to pick up after him like in the beginning he wants to have his kid have a birthday party and they he sends an entire fucking petting zoo to their house mind you they're in the middle of san francisco in a big I, house <laughs> i appreciated that in the movie he says he's like well it's okay we got four hours before your mom gets home and then his solution to this is like well okay let me yeah let me hire an entire petting zoo to come into this tiny well not tiny house it was a pretty big house but like to the point where they're stacked out to outside waiting in line to get in yeah like like it's a club or something you just said that they had four hours like (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. So I, I can see where that the mom character gets very frustrated, and I'm sure living with like someone who does that a lot, that just wants to be the fun parent all the time and doesn't want to pick up the consequences, and she has to be the bad parent. Yeah, one of the things that I actually did appreciate about wa- watching this movie was that they never really made her out to be the villain. I feel like it would have been, especially at the time, I feel like a lot of these movies where parents get divorced or whatever... Like, there's always the one bad parent. Yeah, there's one parent who was like, like deserved it or was caught... And it's like... I mean, if anyone did deserve it, it was Robin Williams because he clearly wasn't listening to her and, like, you know, he had to change and grow from the experience. But not only do they not get back together in the end, like, it does kind of normalize that, like, look, sometimes people get together, sometimes they love each other at one point, they get together, they have kids, and but there's just not enough there to continue the marriage and they're better off separate. And I thought that this movie handled that fairly respectfully. And even in the scenes where, like, she's taking on, like, another boyfriend or something. Like, yes, Robin Williams' character, as Mrs. Doubtfire, is, like, really judgy about this, but the movie is not judgy of her decision, and she doesn't, like... She doesn't be like, oh, yeah, like, good point, Mrs. Doubtfire. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. No, she's all like, you know what, I don't... Like, thank you for your opinion, but I'm still gonna go ahead with this. And they also... Pierce Brosnan's character, I thought, like, normally in a movie like this... The guy that's coming in to break up the parents is yeah. like some mustache twirling villain. Yeah, like, or like he doesn't want the kids, he just wants her. When he when he was sitting at the pool and Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire overhears him having a conversation with his friend about why he's settling in, it's like, oh, this is when the mask is going to come off. That's like, what I was, that's mask. exactly like, what I was thinking. He's like, I'm going to get rid of these kids. And, and he doesn't say any of that. He's like, actually, the kids are great. I really love the youngest one. Like, I just really want to be there for them because I know they need a father figure in their life. Yeah. And, like, I just appreciated how it handled these adult relationships in a fairly respectful way. And also showed that, like, like both of these parents still very clearly love the kids. Like, that's not an issue that's driving them apart or that's no. causing any tension It's just the different types of parenting, I think. Yeah. And yeah. they both had to grow and learn from the experience, I think. Like, the mom learned to be a little bit more fun and, like, with the kids. Like, once he was out of the picture like she's like okay i have to pick up the slack here and try and have fun with them more she has that fun with them and mrs doubtfire yeah uh and then like robin williams's character as as mrs doubtfire learns to be a little bit harder on them and like has to be like oh yeah i can't just be the fun one all the time i need to get them doing their homework and i need to be a little bit more responsible and And the kids realize that at first they're like against it they're like no fuck you we're not gonna do our homework and once they you know realize that like this is something that they should be doing, and it's, you know, then they get a reward after, because the reward that the first time was that they got to have a home-cooked, well, quote-unquote, home-cooked meal. Yeah, that he fakes. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're just really happy, and then they're like, okay, well, maybe this can be, like, our normal life. And, you know, even after Mrs. Doubtfire leaves, they're like, we miss her, we, like, we miss the jokes, we miss, you know, hanging out with her, and they made, she made them feel like a whole family again, even though the dad was out of the picture, but... I mean, you know, the dad was actually in the picture. Yeah. Um, but talking about Pierce Brosnan's character, I, yeah, I was really surprised. I was waiting for that moment where, because... It turns out he's evil, and he's, like, faking yeah. something. But even the guy he was talking to at the bar, he was like, he's like, oh, I've never, I never thought you to be a family man. I didn't know you, you didn't ever wanted kids. And he's like, you know, I'm getting older, and I, I think this is where I, where I want to be in my life, is to be a family man. And I was like, oh... That's quite touching. <laughs> like, and then the ending, I thought they were going to get back together, but, you know, they realize that they can love each other still, but they can be apart, and I think it's better 
that's a better relationship for their kids and themselves too. So that's very, very yeah, forward. I, I, I thought that when she invited him to come inside, like I thought that it was very symbolic that he said, no, that's okay. I'll wait out here. Yeah. They know then, their boundaries. Like, we are, we are set. We can be friendly, but we are separate now. But I don't know. See, the thing is, is that Robin Williams didn't really give Pierce Brosnan a chance. I don't think even at the ending, you don't really see him like have a resolution with him. Yeah. So it's mostly just him being like, like, that's the one part I didn't like. He didn't save his life. He did. He didn't let him. Di- he did poison him, but yeah. he also didn't want him to die. I think he just wanted him to get diarrhea or something. Yeah, like there's points where he was telling Pierce Brosnan, like, "Oh, you better watch out for her because I clean her her room." And there's a giant. She has a giant dildo, and you know she's that kind of person. Like he's trying to push him away. And then we never kind of get and trying that. to push her away as well. Yeah, we never kind of got the. Bit, he's manipulative. He is manipulative a little bit at times, and like there are also points in this movie where he is, and, and I mean, on some level, this is honest. Like parents don't always handle divorce the best way, and like aren't always like I, I you know, obviously my parents are together, your parents are together, but I had I had friends growing up whose parents were divorced, as I'm sure you did, and even in front of me. I would hear sometimes, like, sly remarks about the other parent. So, like, that is somewhat realistic, that they wouldn't just go back to, like, talking normally about each other. The mom says bad things about the dad. He says bad things about her Mm -hmm. during, like, the course of this movie. At one point, he jokes with his children that he wants their mom to die. And... Oh, because of dysentery? Yeah. I think it was, like, a joke, but still it was a little bit inappropriate to say in front of your kids. But I think a lot of parents do that sometimes they just let it and they also like one of the kids picked up on language after that scene that like you know like that was very realistic of like oh like he sees that the things that he says in front of them they pick up and repeat yeah yeah see that you know like yeah it's funny that he was he disguised himself as a nanny but and like if someone actually did that in real life i don't think they would get custody of their kids after that and no yeah that that part was actually realistic yeah the guy was like yes i know you've learned your ways but then again this is kind of fucked up what you did so you're not getting custody but then it was the mom that turned around and said you know okay the only part that i didn't like about that was that if you listen to the language that the judge is using during that scene when they're taking away his custody of his kids after it's discovered number one like his kids discover that he was that he was their dad because the son walks in on mrs doubtfire in the bathroom and mrs doubtfire is standing up to pee (laughs) and the kids start screaming saying that they have to call the cops because he's a he she was the language that he used yeah uh and then they and then the kid clarifies that he will not touch his dad or give him a hug because he is so uncomfortable because he's still in the because Mrs. he's doubtfire. still in the Mrs. doubtfire clothes yeah. and he's like he the the kid basically makes Robin Williams's character clarify that he doesn't like it there he's like you don't like wearing that stuff do you dad and he's like and no he's I like, don't no of course not I hate it <laughs> and like I thought that that was I mean it's of the time but it's also like just a t- just like a pinch of transphobia thrown in there and then also in the scene when the judge is taking the kids away which is what i wanted to get to like the the first time or the second time the second time when it's the final resolution he basically implies that it was just that he was dressing up as a woman that was the issue implying that he needs to see a shrink and figure some things out about it not that 
he basically faked an identity to... Just to get close Like, to if he would have pretended to be a different guy, it's almost implied that the judge wouldn't have had a problem with it. But it was the fact that he dressed up as an older woman mm-hmm. that the judge took issue with. Which, again, like, is probably honest of how things would have been handled at the time. But, like, doesn't hold up the best, you know, 30 years later or however many years it's been since this movie was made. Yeah, 90s. I don't yeah. know. But, um... Yeah, those those were like the the small issues that I had. But overall, this. But movie, overall, I thought it was really respectful of him, and it also like it shows him having fun dressed up as the older. Like not that you know, not his character obviously was not trans or anything like that. But I just I appreciated that it, for the most part did not demonize him for dressing up as a woman. Yeah, other it's than not a like a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, which was funny, speaking of how he had to... So at the beginning when he had to go dress up, his brother is actually like a makeup artist for movies, right? And Harrison was watching there, sitting there, and he's like, oh my god, as a kid, I never realized that it was a gay character. Well, because he's living with his boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, they don't and, they don't say it, but it's implied. Yeah, it's, it's heavily implied. You're like, and, oh, I thought, as a kid, I thought he was just a really good friend of his that kind of like lived together. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they never, like, they never even say that they're in a relationship. It's just very implied if you're watching the movie as an adult they have their arm around each other things like that and I'm like oh like he's really close friends with his co-worker like you know eight-year-old Harrison was not picking up on the themes there but they didn't I I, they didn't make a big deal out of it yeah um, no it was respectful they didn't play it for jokes or anything like that it was just he was a character but you know it really this really movie shows really how timeless Robin Williams humor is i mean some of the stuff that he does in terms of his impressions and switching back and forth into character there there's the one scene when the court appointed observer shows up at his apartment where at one point he has a full conversation with himself in the other room as mrs doubtfire and himself going back and forth while he's undressing and trying to get back into robin williams character and then later on he goes back there again and as himself is having a full conversation with mrs doubtfire and you know like i I just thought that just his ability to keep that up yeah. and like it just go back and forth voice 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 and keep it all straight in his head was really impressive um speaking of the kids wait no we weren't speaking of the kids well we're gonna speak of the kids right now all right um <laughs> you're like speaking of the kids speaking of something we weren't talking about <laughs> um uh everyone knows her as matilda but mara wilson this is actually her very first role Oh, was it her first? It was. I just knew right that it was before Matilda. It was her first role. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know, you could tell why she was a very good kid actor. She's very cute looking. Um, she's very sweet, and it was funny because I was reading. I think she had like a memoir that she wrote, and she was writing about her time with Robin Williams, and she was making an observation that Robin Williams would actually speak more to the child actors than the actual adults. Like, he was more comfortable, you know, playing around with the kids and making jokes with them, but when he would speak to adults, he it was very hard for him to make eye contact with them. Oh, that is interesting. Isn't that I mean, interesting? It does explain why he got into, like, comedy and, you know, kids' movies and stuff like that. Yeah, because she was saying her mom was on set, and, you know, he would, like, play around with her, and she's like, would tell her mom, like, oh, he's, like, really fun. And then when she and the mom finally talked to him, he, like, was just, like, very formal and, like, it made it was very hard for him to make eye contact. And then when she got older and they met up at some movie premiere, I think he was in a movie, she was just going there to see it. She was, they finally saw each other and 
he like acted completely different with her because she's an adult now. Yeah. So she was very formal, like, oh, it was nice to meet you, like, see you again, like, how's your life, and blah, 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 blah. But it, he wasn't like that kind of funny, fun loving person that she used to know as a kid. So I find that really interesting. And you can tell in the movie, he's very good with the kids, you know? He very, he acts very like loving, and he's. He's like a, basically a kid at heart, and that's why he got along with his kids so well. So yeah, and why they were so important to him, and also like why he, he drove his wife crazy because it was like having another kid. Yeah, and he had to learn to grow up and like do his own thing and whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. So I, I really like the relationship between him and his kids because he it, it clearly shows he wants to have fun and have them like him, but I think he thinks that if he's the bad guy, they're not going to like him. And they also, they they did good work to make it clear that he also was not a perfect dad. Because I think that, like, sometimes in these movies where the dad is the fun one, like, they don't show, the only downside they show is that he hasn't grown up enough. Whereas this one, like, you see, he does sometimes yell at his kids, he snaps, like, he's human and fallible, just like their mom is. And, like, I, I just, again, like, I just really appreciated that it was a story about divorce that didn't demonize either parent and made it clear that, like, this just does happen. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it necessarily either of the parents. They're just not compatible anymore. Yeah, yeah. Even while he had some growing up to do. And she obviously had some, like, things to learn about, like, how to interact with her kids and give them, you know, what he was giving them that yeah. made them love their dad so much. Yeah. Um, trivia time. Uh, how long do you think it took for the makeup to be put on Robin Williams? Oh, man. I don't know, like eight hours? Uh, four and a half. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, it's all fat suit. He's all covered up. It's just the face. But it would, in actuality, it wasn't actually like a mask. That was just a prop in the movie. Oh, okay. It was that... like an eight piece kind of like stuff that they had to put on, like nose, face, everything. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I mean, it does explain why Mrs. Doubtfire looked so... He, because I was like, how did they make this mask so good where, like, it's moving with his mouth and whatever? It's not, it's, not, it's not a full mask. Okay. And what's funny is that Robin Williams, before the movie started, or kind of like at the beginning, he wanted to see how believable his um, outfit was. So he would just go out to San Francisco and just, like, go to places and stores and see if he got recognized as Robin Williams, and he never did. I mean, it, like, it really does, only the eyes look like him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because one of his little trips, he went as Mrs. Doubtfire to a sex shop to buy a dildo and see if he could just get away with it. And he did. <laughs> I, what behind the scenes features were you watching? I, was this, I did just, they have a camera on him the whole time? I don't know. It was just, just like little fun, just little fun facts that show how dedicated he was to this movie. Robin Williams, method actor. I mean, psh- Shit! I'm... Did he make Did he make people call him Mrs. Doubtfire on set while he was? <laughs> no. Did he no. send any Did he send any dead or live rats to his co- to his co star? Uh, no, he did not go. Just full... Pierce Brosnan. Mm, yeah, just Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> it was just his, his own chest hair. Yeah. Robin Williams' chest hair sent it to Pierce did, Brosnan. Did Pierce hair. Brosnan? Uh, we, I know we talked about his character and whatever like beforehand, but. Like, did he have a clause in his contract basically saying that, like, no neckline on his shirt was allowed to go above the nipple? Like, I think that's just his preference. I, I think... It, like, I mean, if you had, have that much chest hair, you need to let it breathe. This it man, sweaty. This man invented male cleavage. Like... <laughs> that's basically what it is. I, I think he had a clause in his contract that is like, like, he can never be wearing a fully buttoned shirt at any point in this movie. Yeah. To be fair, uh, when I saw Pierce Brosnan get on, come into the scene, I was like... I've only seen Pierce Brosnan and know him as, like, his older self, like, you know, famously, you know, his 
his famous movie Mamma Mia where he sings. Ah, uh, yes, his mo- his his <laughs> career defining role is in Mamma Mia as it one is. of the dads. So I was taken aback. I was like, oh damn, Pierce Brosnan was a looker. I mean, he's still pretty good looking, even old. But I was like, all right, younger Pierce Brosnan was different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Brosnan, right? Not Brosman. You know what? When you have a special relationship with Pierce Brosnan, watching Mamma oh, Mia. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so overall, I think this movie really surprised both of us for being very, very forward, not forward, but like, what's the word I'm thinking? Not forward, but like, like ahead of its time, ahead of its time. That's what I meant. And, you know, being very thoughtful and cute. So I think definitely this movie pretty much holds up. Maybe a couple scenes didn't, but overall, yes. Yeah, for the most part. Yes. Will you be showing our kids this movie? Uh, we'll see. Why? I don't know. We'll see. When we have kids. I don't know. I don't know if this will be at the top of the list. Like, you know. What's the top of the list? Hubie Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know what's at the bottom of the list? Hmm. Kiki's delivery service? Oh, yeah. All right. Whatever. I couldn't couldn't go an episode without getting a shot in. (laughs) All right. Well... People, there was there was somebody sitting there that was like the whole episode. They're like, "Wow, Harrison didn't take any shot at Kiki's today," and I'm like, "Nope, I was just waiting." <laughs> All right. Well, you want to tell us about the next episode? Do you want to tell us about the next episode? Well, it's usually, your movie. You're usually the one that has to show because I, it's my movie. That's how it works. Is that how? Yeah. Mia, what Mia? What movie are we gonna watch next episode? I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> it's fine. Um. Mia, what are we going to be watching next week? Well, we're going to be watching one of my childhood favorites. The movie that has defined me as a person and that I use to quote almost every day, Wayne's World. (laughs) All right, we're going to be watching the movie from the uh, Uber Eats uh, Justify Underpaying Our Workers Super Bowl commercial. Where can they find us, Harrison? They can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we're on Twitter, at Rewind Reconsider. And I if think you, one of those words is spelled wrong because of space limits. But we, yeah. It's in Mia's bio on Twitter. She's at Mia Graviador. It's not in my bio because I haven't changed it back to my professional one yet. But anyway, yeah, you could find us there. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And, you know, just feel free to leave a movie in there that you'd like us to watch because we do take those into consideration and Mia does scroll through them, I believe. Although mm-hmm. I don't think she did this week, so I apologize for that, everyone. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you at some point for the next episode. Yeah, hopefully hopefully soon. We're going to try and do these a little bit more frequently again. Yes, because we love each other very much. And you. Bye.